Hey, I'm Anupama. Hey, I'm Gayatri. And you're listening to Everything Under the Sun. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing Indian high school culture, drama, exams, and much more. Today, we also have a really special guest who's our best friend from high school, Vikran. Hi, guys. So, Vikran is one of our best friends from high school, and it's only fitting that the first meal on our podcast is him. So, for some information, Gayatri and I are engineering kids. While Vikrant is one lawyer kid. Don't sue my friends, guys. If there are any violations on their part, don't sue them. Yeah. Okay, so quickly, let's go around and talk about what was your favorite and your least favorite high school moment. So cue existential crisis because now I don't know what to say. Yeah, where to begin? Okay, I think favorite high school memory. I consider 8th grade as my highlight of my high school years. Which is funny because everyone thinks 10th is like their last year and the best year or whatever. But personally, I think 8th grade was super memorable for me. And I remember this one time that the entire class went out for a movie and we went bowling after that. And that was a really, really fun day where after that day, I felt like the class really bonded and like I made some real friends. So that year, 8th grade is when there was a lot of shuffling that happened. And I met all these new people. I was always that kid to get shuffled around. But then that one outing, I think, I felt like we all bonded and we really became friends. Funny moment about that day, though. First of all, she was lying to you. She enjoys 8th grade because that's when she met me. Also that day, like we went for a movie and it was called Insurgent, which is the second part of the series. And none of us knew anything about it. Like, I think like, all of the boys in the theater did not know what was going on and eventually ended up playing Clash of Clans for like a good 45 minutes in the theater. We had absolutely no idea about it. Like, we were just like, okay, cool. We trust Anupama's opinion because she was like, the, I'm going to organize this till the end of my day. And then she made sure that the tickets were bought, that everybody showed up, that she made the WhatsApp group. She made everybody like confirm that they were coming. And I was like, okay, maybe it's a good move. Yeah, so I think that was my best memory. What were your best memories? I don't think I have a particular memory that was really what I would call my favorite moment of, say, school. But I think in general, like if you compare the kind of people that we were, because we've all grown up, like we've known each other as like people, we've heard about each other from like different sides of the school as to like what we, people were doing. I think like the kind of people that we turned into towards 10th grade, you, everybody just knew that we had grown up into a beautiful group of people who like really understood and respected each other. And that was a, a good idea that leaving that place also meant that all of us had become a tightly knit group of people. And that was probably the best moment. I think I realized that when we all went to Corner House after graduation day. So oh, that yeah, is probably that one of the good so nice. like one of the good times of uh, school. Oh, that hit differently. That's so true though. And I'm glad that like right before we started this podcast also, we were talking about editing something, which is one of the foundations of our friendship. In the oh my God, I was just going <laughs> to say that that is my, like I too don't have one single favorite memory. But one of my favorite memories was ninth grade when we organized Teacher's Day and we had to edit that video on my really crappy laptop. And I think that really was the foundation of our friendship. So Goa, I think, are my favorite memories. Oh yeah, Goa, dude. I think Goa is still my biggest flex on people who say that they went for excursion to XYZ places in 11-12. I'm like, bro, we went to Goa in 10th grade. That was actually really, really special. And I'm so glad that our school actually took this for that trip. So would you go back to school? Would you say that you missed school so much to the point that you wished you were still in school? 
I want to be really honest, my answer is no. And it's nothing against the school or the people. It's just that, I mean, once you grow up and you, I mean, you start having the freedom that you do in college, and it's just you're a whole new person now. And I really think I don't want to go back to where I was. I don't want to go back. I want to like keep moving forward. So for that I, reason, my answer is no. I agree. I think also school wasn't all fun either. Like our school especially, there's a lot of pressure, dude. Like I don't think any other school puts this much pressure, academic pressure especially on their students. And honestly, it has helped me in my future years. I won't deny that at all. But I think that's one thing I don't miss. As you said, in college, there's a lot more freedom and you can choose what you want to do and you can choose what you want to study and how you want to grow and stuff. So imposing the same type of academic pressure on all these different students is something I don't think I want to go back to. But otherwise, in general, I do miss the people of school to some extent. And I just miss growing up in that way, maybe. But otherwise, I don't think I'd go back as such. Yeah, we've learned everything we had to from that play with all the negatives and the positives. Like we've learned a lot of important lessons which have probably helped us over the course of say like when we left place and now that we're in college and stuff. So like going back there would just be like taking a step back. So the people, especially the teachers, a few teachers and all, are something that like we'll all miss, especially because of how simpler those times were. But I don't think I'd want to go back. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think are the major positives and negatives about Indian high school culture today? Indian high school stereotypes and the culture that's formed based on it. Yeah, so I think referring to movies and how Bollywood movies and Hollywood movies portray high school life, it's very, very different from that. So as a child, being in middle school, like I remember being super excited for high school because I was like, oh my God, so much freedom, there's so much fun. We watched High School Musical in what, 2011, and I was like, that's it, that's my high school, I'm also going to live that life. But obviously it wasn't that. But high school was fun in its own way, the way we had it. And I loved that because for the three of us, especially we stayed in the same school for what, 13 years. So we kind of grew up with the same set of people and the kind of bonding that just being around the same people for 13 years brings is something different and I don't think I'll experience that with any set of group that I meet in the future. I think one thing that sets Indian high schools a level above every other high school is how like everybody is brought up in similar cultural backgrounds. So we won't have as many problems with respect to, say, bullying or discrimination as much as, say, other countries have been known to have solely because we just grow up together and we have similar cultural backgrounds and we're just taught from a very young age to respect each other in a way that's different from other countries. So that's something that works out for us. I don't know about other schools, but especially because we grew up in a co-ed, you could just know that towards the end of it, those boys knew how to respect girls at the end of it. And that was something that's really important. I agree. And that also comes with being Indian in a way because we're already so culturally diverse. So we're all just used to the fact that people can belong to different cultural backgrounds, but also mingle with each other. In the sense, there's no racism as such that comes with, oh, you're Malu, oh, you're, I don't know, North Indian. There is to some extent, but for the most part, we accept each other for being Indian ultimately, right? I think it also comes from privilege, right? Because like we grew up in Bangalore. Generally, like if you compare a lot of Indian cities, we're more like accepting and less discriminatory. And our schools are the same way. 
we're just talking about like the student experiences now there is still like a culture that is developed within schools by virtue of like the way teachers treat their students and the way like the management is which could be a lot more open to like free thought a lot more open to treating children like individual people with individual opinions which is something that even we face despite being in like a privileged section of the country so like this is one of the problems that is definitely something that india is lacking in especially the education system yeah i agree and would you guys think out a few things that the indian education system does lack apart from this firstly I, what i hate about the indian education system is the way exams are conducted and just the whole concept of just pure academic evaluation there are a lot of other things that people can be good at and there's no way of measuring that and there's no respect in society for being skilled at something else out of academics like there's a clear difference and we can see that just with how many doctors and how many engineers this country produces and how everyone is trying to get a professional degree at the end of the day you can see you know like just with the birth of a baby parents are already planning how to get them through college how do they plan to eventually get them jobs get married etc so it's such a race there's just so much competition and exams especially like how are you comparing the intelligence or the iq of a child with how they perform in this one paper on that day in those three hours and you're comparing of the children of a whole nation like that so that doesn't sit right with me and i have big big issues with that Yeah, I think I agree with that, and it's not just about the peer pressure and academic pressure to you know score well in boards. It's even how they teach us to study. You know, it's always there's only this one method to do it right. Otherwise, you won't get the required in your board exams. So I feel like our uh, you know curiosity and creativity and all of that is really like shoved into this tiny space, and we're just made to learn the exact same way as every other student. So that's one thing I definitely feel is really wrong about the Indian education system. And also, apart from that, I think the syllabus is extremely outdated. I'm sure everyone will agree. So there's a big gap between our understanding of our history and politics, everything from you know 1947 till what's happening today. And I think that could lead to a lot of unfriendly debates. So I think if the syllabus is refined for us to learn a little more about what happened, and not just for history, uh, this is with regard to all subjects, I think it would be a way more uh, holistic approach, and a lot of kids could benefit from that. And I think they also need to focus a little bit on personality development, and you know, making the authorities more accessible. Because mental health is something that India is still like way behind in terms of accepting it as something that is real. and even if we do accept it students obviously have no job talking about their mental health in like the education system because all they're supposed to do is study for the next exam like this is why i was talking about like the respect for an, a child's individuality is not something that india does in general so the education system should be more accessible in terms of having counseling making sure that people are able to identify with their mental health and make sure that they're able to talk to someone about it these are things that we didn't have growing up it might not have affected us in a way that a few others might have been affected but like this is still something that needs to happen within schooling even things such as sex education and stuff you know they want to make it even more taboo than it already is within the realm of schooling i think the basic example is how like they used to separate the boys and girls when you had to talk about like things such as like sex education or menstruation or just any of these things which should not be happening because these things are conversations that need to have like happening at that age because that is when it starts 
it's only when you change it at that level that we're able to see like tangible changes in terms of how generally people are perceived and generally how people treat one another as a country. I agree. Sex education and mental health awareness is practically non-existent. I mean, yeah, like you said, we had like one or two sessions, but the way they spoke to us in those sessions just made us more afraid of speaking and normalizing sex education and especially mental health. I'm pretty sure we've not had any formal training or awareness in school. So that's such an important aspect today. They have no idea. The first place they look for information is the internet. It's because we aren't raising safe spaces and we aren't opening up conversations so that kids can feel safe to talk about these things. With respect to treating students also as individuals, another thing is subject till all the way up to 10th grade, 12th grade, okay, 10th grade, we don't get to choose our subjects and everyone's forced to study the same 9, 10, 11 subjects. There is no way for one to do what they want to do. And there's no room for extracurriculars also in a way because everyone's like, there's no way you can give up on academics totally. Like you have to do your extracurriculars on the side and what do you say, academics is everything. So that one perception is something that's so deep rooted and everyone's so strong-headed about that. It kind of kills everyone's will to grow their creativity and really commit to say sports or athletics and stuff. When I was growing up, I used to have a problem with the very fact that these activities were called extracurricular. It's important to one's development. And also my parents realized after I got admission into a very good college by virtue of all of the certificates I had accumulated, aside from my board results certificates. So like these are things that nobody realizes and treating them as a trade-off between your primary education and doing something that's just extra is a problematic thing to begin with. Yeah, I think that kind of stems from the faulty, you know, entrance exam system. So for you, like you said, your other certificates help you. But say for an engineering or a medical kid, spending time on developing skills like sports skills or could be some instrument is actually harmful to them because they could be using that time to study. So unlike how it is abroad, it's only that one entrance exam score that matters. While I feel like there should be a bunch of other, you know, minimum things that students should be participating in, whether it's volunteering work or developing some hobby. I think there's a lot more that can be taught, even when you come to, you know, writing essays, writing projects, giving citations, a lot of stuff is not taught to us in school. And later when we come to college, we see that there's this gap and we suddenly need to learn how to do things really quickly. Yeah, that's actually something I struggle with right now. Yeah, even with just communication skills and stuff, right? All of these aren't even looked as skills that need to be taught and need to be developed as a subject. So even art and extracurricular, like again, as you said, shouldn't be called extracurriculars. All of these also need to be subjects. But then in college, there's such a gap because in, in our school days, we didn't have all this. And in school days, it was just all about studying because of those entrance exams. And that's exactly the problem that I have with exams because... Like, how can you expect these lakhs of students to write the same papers and then measure all of their intelligence based on this one paper? And what's even worse, like training for these entrances is not built into education systems as something that's integrated. No, you have to go out there and gain additional knowledge to be able to write these entrance exams. So what is the point of studying in a school at all? 
especially for 11th and 12th grade, it makes your primary school practically useless because everyone is just investing in these coaching centers to prepare for that one specific pattern of exam. So I think that really takes away the all-around development and really narrows down into just that one specific you know, it could be JE or NEET or whatever the exam it is you're taking. Yeah, another thing that I want to bring up here is that in India, at least, college is not an option. It's a very obvious thing that everyone has to do. In India, it's like you have to become an engineer before you can realize what you want to do in life. But I think that really stems from the fact that here, most parents will pay for your college education, right? So students don't see it as an option because your college is being paid for. Unlike abroad, where if students want to go to college, most of them have to take up student loans. So unless they're really serious about higher education, they don't do it, which is why here everyone goes to college. It's paid for. It's not something that, you know, will weigh them down in their initial job years. That's why I feel like a lot of students don't think about dropping or or taking a gap year. And it's generalized, right? Like everybody's getting the same degree. Nobody is coming out of college with something special or something that like even the recruiters are possibly looking for. They just want you to hold that degree in this country and that's fine. You're just going back to doing some grunt work that you probably didn't even learn how to do. So I think the the difference between us and like say other countries where the culture is that you put yourself through college. You don't immediately have to go to college right after you get out of high school is that you tend to value what you're learning and you also tend to choose what you really want to learn. So that's not something that's there in India because either the choice is already made for you or you're making a choice that you don't know much about. And ultimately, you're not even valuing the kind of education that's being imparted to you at college because you've not been taught to respect this form of learning. We don't even know much about college degrees in school. And that's a big, big problem because in your 11th and 12th grade, everyone's just so stuck with the choices they have to make. And I know people who have decided that they want to do engineering. Then within a few months, they're like, no, I'm going to do medical coaching now. And then they're like, no, I'm going to become a lawyer now. Yeah, but then it's just there's no information. Like in high school, we've just not been exposed to the kind of jobs that are available. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had like a sort of induction in school where there are people from different like professions coming and telling us that, you know what, this is what I do and this is what I studied to get here. And like, this is what I enjoy about my work or this is what is stressful about my work. You don't know all of this and schools need to do that. I don't know. Like if you watch like a bunch of like movies or TV shows or something, you know that there is career day even in pre-primary and like nursery abroad. Whereas people out of 10th grade or 12th grade won't know anything about any other career or any other degree aside from the one their parents are telling them to do. Yeah, and I think that's something I've personally seen. So I know a lot of students in 11th and 12th, obviously, okay, this is only applicable to engineering students, but all of them would put their, you know, heart and soul into learning physics, chemistry and math. And then they would look for a computer science degree. And if you ask them what it is they like about computer science, they wouldn't know the first thing about computer science. It's a very promising job. So students are aiming for it, but then once they actually do go to college, they start realizing how much they don't like computer science or how much it is they have to learn to, you know, succeed in that career path. You go in with certain expectations and you come out the other side regretting all the choices that you made. And that's all because of this gap in knowledge about different professions and what really it takes to get there. 
And I'm saying that even if people want to know about these jobs, the kind of exposure they have, they're just going to be exposed to stereotypes. Like, oh yeah, you become an engineer. It's possible that the only definition of engineer that most people in this country are going to know is someone who does like coding and is possibly going to earn a lot of money. That's the general perception. A doctor means, yes, it's a lot of studying. It's a lot of hard work. And, you know, at the end of it, cool, you're also earning a lot of money, but you're saving lives. This is one thing that I faced, like when my family members found out that I was studying the law. I think the general idea was like this picture I got in my head was that they thought I was going to be wearing my coat and running around outside the high court or the Supreme Court, like running to people who were walking into the compound and saying, hey, I'm a lawyer. Maybe you can hire me. I'll represent you. Like you're selling your services to these people because this is how it used to work before. Like advocates used to go stand outside the courts and then people used to come and just hire anybody who they could afford. And the funny thing is they don't even know the kind of education that I'm going to be receiving or what career path I'm going to be following because I don't think I want to work at the courts at all. So nobody even knows that there's a profession, like a legal profession outside of the courts. Okay, so now that we've talked about the merits and the shortcomings of Indian high school system, I thought we could play a quick game. So how this is going to go is I'm going to tell both of you one thing that is missing in Indian high school culture. And you should tell me whether from your perspective, you would have liked to have that in your high school or not. Okay, so first is lockers. Yeah, so I 100% would want lockers because I don't want to carry the 15 kg school bag that I did for 10 years of my life. Because honestly, if you look at the weight of the school bags that we carried around, it's insane. I think I have back problems now because of the weight of my school bags that I carried around for 10 years. I think I have back problems because of the weight of school that I've carried around for 10 years. <laughs> oh. I think lockers are actually a really brilliant concept. Just the general idea that you need to carry stuff to and from your house every day is super annoying because there's just stuff that you don't need to carry every day from school and back home that you could just leave in school. So, and like just generally not having to have 20 or 30 backpacks in one classroom, just being able to sit and actually focus on what's being taught. Like the clutter of a classroom is reduced. People just have a lot more access in terms of leaving like a sweatshirt or an extra pair of clothes in your lockers. Like these are things that matter when it comes to certain incidents in school. I would have 100% wanted to have lockers. to think that nobody is studying all subjects every single day. So leaving some certain subjects at home and then switching those books over the week would actually teach you better organization as well. So I definitely think lockers are a good idea. So the second thing is the necessity of uniform. So would you rather have to wear the same uniform or have it how it is in US where you can wear whatever you want? No, I think I want the uniform so that I wouldn't have to break my head over what to wear to school every day. And also, I think uh, having uniforms uh, brings this idea that everyone's equal because just as a child, you know, you, there's no sense of social status or anything like that because you're all wearing the same uniform. So for that sole purpose, I think uniform should be there. When I was in school, I used to hate the concept of a uniform. And then I got out of school and then my 11th and 12th didn't have a uniform. It just had a dress code. And then I, by Anupama's idea of like breaking your head over what you got to wear every day, that really bothered me. And I think now we all sort of dress code in college, which we all follow. You tend to look back on those days and just realize like those uniforms were really comfortable and you didn't really have to do anything about it. Like you just know, like it's sitting on your wardrobe every morning, you wear it and then you go to school and then you come back and then you're done. If it's your birthday and you're wearing like colored clothes, that one person's able to feel more special than the rest because, you know, you peasants are wearing uniform and I get to look cool. So that's not something that like we'd have if we had a non-uniform school. So 
Yeah, I think I'm 100% for uniforms, especially our NHPS uniform was probably the best uniform ever. I can't say the same about my 11th and 12th. Not having to worry about wearing clothes and just, it makes more sense to have one uniform instead of wasting time in the morning deciding. And also you can keep your closet smaller, otherwise you would have to purchase a bunch of extra clothes because you are switching it up every single day. So the next thing is prom slash homecoming. I think I'm good without one for the sole purpose that it's such, it will become like social pressure, you know, for guys to ask our girls. I think we need a prom. I think like one thing that's uh, seriously lacking in terms of all the extracurriculars that we do. Yes, we had annual day and we had teacher's day and stuff. We really didn't have anything that was just for the students. You know, everything was policed to a significant extent. I think we need a more of an improvement in dating culture in school because people just need to be more like less rigid in terms of what they're meant to do in school. And this would open up a lot of those opportunities. And uh, do you think, do you think proms in India would not be policed? Can you imagine something worse than a police prom? Like, oh my God, that I think if you try to introduce the concept of prom, it's going to become super, super formal, super fully. Yeah, I think personally, I definitely think proms should be part of Indian high school because one thing is it would teach people that if you're going to the prom with someone, you don't necessarily have to date them. I feel like it would make conversations between guys and girls a lot more chill. You know, a lot of guys and girls are like super socially awkward and they don't know how to speak to the opposite gender. And I think things like prom would really like change that. And while, yeah, I think the prom should be like chaperoned and there should be someone taking care of what's happening and stuff for sure. I definitely think a prom is necessary. Okay, so the next thing is pep rally or cheerleading for like sports events. I just, I just heard this like the hooray to new horizon. I don't know. I wouldn't be against that. I think that's a pretty okay culture to have. Like, sure, it can be a new club and a new type of sport or a dance club that people can join and like just learn how to. I think it would be like glorified mass PT. I think that's what it's going to end up being if we try to. I also, it would have become so elitist though. Right, because like school had a major problem with like considering people at their merit in the first place. Imagine a cheerleading squad that's going to go like follow our teams around to other tournaments and stuff and represent the the enthusiasm of the entire school. I think it'll also reinforce the fact that certain people look better or something like that. I think it'll bring in some more body image stuff. So and the drama. I think there's there'll be drama that follows. Like any new initiative in school was met with a whole series of conversations that went all the way up to the staff room gossip. I can't imagine what would happen if we had a cheerleading squad. So while I think it would be totally cool to have a cheerleading squad, I, I'm just thinking about it in terms of, say, our basketball games. Nobody is willing to wait to see a cheerleading performance. We only care about the game. And as an audience, all of the students are like super loud and all of us are cheering from the stands anyway. So I think it would not make sense to have a cheerleading squad. Like it's not necessary. Okay, the next thing is having a typical cap and gown graduation ceremony where you throw your caps up into the air at the end of it. Please, yes, we need caps and gowns. The things that we wore on our graduation day for school was just, I think, embarrassing. Even now, to me, it's embarrassing. (laughs) 
I said, have those clothes and I, do, I haven't taken them with me to Pune. So it's just relics that are kept here. So that one day I can come back here and show like, people that this is how embarrassing I was when I was a 16 year old. For me at least, I think the stuff that we wear in India, which is like saris and kurtas, right? I think that's just an Indianized version of the same essence that a cap and a gown has. Because personally, at least I wore a sari for the first time in my life because of our graduation. I would not have had the opportunity or I just wouldn't have worn a sari if it wasn't for that graduation. Sure, I could have chosen to wear it for another event, but me with my personality, I just wouldn't have. Just yeah, but you'll be that... wearing the gown over the sari, right? Yeah, it's not like you wear just the gown. Oh, I mean, but also the fact that we all wore the same sari for our graduation is pretty special. I think the cap part of the cap and gown especially appeals to me because there's this very common tradition of like painting over the cap, like the top of the cap. So that specific part appeals to me and sure throwing the cap also seems like a lot of fun because it's that one other memory you can have. But yeah, I I mean, I think if you were just to wear cap and gown on the stage and then take it off, it would be fine. But otherwise in the heat, no scene, like sorry in itself is enough. The next thing is the culture of having house parties every weekend. So by the way, when I'm saying this, I'm saying this not just for 10th graders, but high school also entails 11th and 12th grade. Okay, hmm. so I have mixed opinions about this because I can see it getting out of hand very quickly. But I also think that there are not enough uh, social settings or like enough gatherings for students to mingle and really bond. So I think in a way house parties would help, I guess, just to give a platform to kids to socialize more. Like for example, from my experience at least, you're always close to the people in your class. but if you're not social in general, a lot of people struggle with mingling with the people in the rest of their batch. So I think having house parties or something like that would have given an opportunity for people to do that. But I can also see it getting out of hand very quickly and people being exposed to a lot of devices much before than they do usually, but I don't know. I don't see feasibility until 10th grade at least, at least not in like India. At least in the way that we grew up, there's absolutely no way we were going to have a house party, at least not by the standards that probably Lagatri is referring to. I think it's too early for 16, so like not till 10th grade. Maybe after that you need to start. Yeah, I agree. I think there aren't enough social settings for people to talk outside. So there's only a limited amount of conversation you can have with people in your school, right? Only during like short break or lunch break. Apart from that, there isn't any way for students to, you know, socialize and talk. So I think house parties in, you know, certain conditions, if there is no underage drinking, etc., I think it's fine. But realistically, there isn't going to be any house party without underage drinking and a bunch of other stuff. So I am conflicted. Honestly, I see uh, the culture changing a lot now. Like, at least with us, we were pretty reserved and we didn't like meet outside of school too often because we were like, oh, we're meeting in school every day. But now if you look at the juniors, I think they're they're all like going out a lot more and things have really changed just after us passing out. So. Yeah, I think if there are any juniors listening to this, they'd be like, what are you guys talking about? All of this already exists and then we just don't know about it. So we're like... Yeah, I think 10th grade was just like us limiting it to like Juice Junction. So that was the last topic, I guess, for the game. So I think one more thing that I just want everyone's opinion on is the national education policy that released very recently, which had a bunch of reforms like not having arts and commerce and sciences separate streams, giving students the freedom to choose what subjects they want in 11th and 12th, 
Another thing is having instruction till fifth grade in your mother tongue or whatever language is most spoken in that specific state. Other reforms include having Sanskrit as a compulsory subject till 10th, etc. So what are your opinions on some of these reforms? Right. So I don't know everything about the policy firstly, but from the things that I do know, I think the fact that they're uh, removing the concept of streams is amazing. And that's always been a problem in the Indian education system because it was like we can choose from three options, arts, commerce, science, science, matlab engineering, arts means no job and commerce means you become like a CA or a CCOM student. Like that's it. That, those were the three possible futures and that was the end of things. But I think really trashing and throwing that system out would change things a lot. But also another thing that I, that comes under the policy is the fact that uh, they'll be losing the concept of affiliations, right? So colleges won't be affiliated to certain universities anymore. It's just you become autonomous or you basically become a part of that university. So I think that is also going to bring a lot of reforms. And just the fact that syllabus will has more room to change especially in college because college syllabuses are very very outdated especially when a college is affiliated with a like a state syllabus for example in Karnataka VTU like the VTU syllabus is highly outdated. I see a lot of positives to the NEP 2020 but also some more things that I think are debatable is the whole Sanskrit thing like Sanskrit is pretty much a dead language and people they've been trying to revive it for so long I still don't see why we need to learn Sanskrit as a compulsory thing to attend. I think at the risk of repetition, they really had a perfect opportunity to sort of mandate and regulate access to mental and sexual health across all sections, like secondary, tertiary sections of education. And they didn't do that. And secondly, I think it's a great idea for them to start saying that, you know what, we're going to step in and prevent the private sector from overcharging. This is something that they're doing, that they want to regulate the fees. And um, that will probably be beneficial to the country as a whole, because like the education sector has just turned into like one of the biggest booming businesses of this country. So I do agree with what both of them have said. And apart from that, I think it's really great that now board exams will be held thrice safe. I think class five, eight and ten, if I'm not wrong. I think that's really great because while we were studying board exams for this all or nothing thing, so all of the pressure was just on that one exam. So I think that is a really great step about instructing in your mother tongue. I think that is a specifically bad move because for a lot of students, say students with lesser means and Schooling is the only time they do get to learn English and if that is also taken away, it will really affect them when they start going to university or for jobs because unless people are going to be recruiting with no basic soft skill or basic communication skill requirement, I think that's a terrible move and also would affect the people, army kids and other just other people who have to transfer around the country throughout their schooling years, it would be really difficult for them to go. I think there should be some kind of balance drawn between teaching students. So if you want to instruct in your mother tongue, there should still be a provision to learn English to a level enough for you to use that language in a job or anywhere else. But yeah, the new education policy has a lot of potential and it's really great that they are bringing in a lot of reforms. So fall down to like implementation, right? I think it's a big task, um, like a mammoth task for them to improve 
something like education across so many different sections across like so many different parts of the country and they really have to be very systematic about it and it'll require a lot of efficiency to actually bring about the reforms so, yeah and another thing that i just quickly want to say is that while it's great that you're giving 10th and 11th grade students the freedom to choose at the end of the day it will still backfire if students choose very you know contrasting subjects say if someone takes cooking and they take physics and history but at the end of the day they still want to pursue engineering so that would just put more pressure on them to learn the other subjects they haven't taken on their own or even if they're taking these other subjects like history cooking etc as an extra subject that would just be more time that they're spending on something that isn't going to help them in their end goal so while these reforms are great they need to change at all levels school level and you know college entrances that has to be reformed as well and like vikrant said these changes are going to take years together to be implemented and you know fully properly be in position in all schools across the country high school experience is something that is very personal and different for people across states across cities and while you may not have been able to relate to some of them my high school experiences really have shaped me to the person i am today whether it was the good memories the bad memories So I am really grateful for all the people I've met throughout my high school years. Yeah, I think um, I feel the same. It becomes a very individualistic experience, and it really contributes to the kind of person you are, and the, and it also shapes your entire life. It allows you to learn from mistakes that you might have made. It it makes you like a more professional, a more mature person. which is essentially the point of schooling we might not remember what we learned across those 11 subjects but these experiences and the fact that 3 years after leaving that place we're still able to sit down and talk about it and you know actually talk about what kind of people we've become that's more important than say like the rigor of studying for like a history exam my biggest takeaway has been the friendships and the people that i met ultimately in high school it's really great that it's so special for an individual and it, it will really last for life but it's good to see that things like the nep are coming into position and it's good to see that there's some reform but i still think there's a long 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 way that we as indians have to go with reforming our education industry i do hope they're going to like be very careful when they reopen schools now though like i think no matter what they think about how children should be taught this like safety during this time like this pandemic needs to come first and they value safety over education So on that note we will wind up for today. Thank you so much Vikrant for joining us for this episode. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. I think you guys are doing a really cool thing. Despite all the pressures of engineering you're able to take out some time and like just do something that's helping common discourse, raising awareness and also having fun at the same time. And uh, thank you for having me again. Yeah, it was a lot of fun having you on the podcast today. And thank you everyone who made it till here and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye guys.